hear me now? All right, we'll go ahead. Go ahead. Brian was praying there about the dismissing from our mind. The young preacher got up. First sermon. He wanted to pray the right prayer. And so he got up there and instead of saying, please, Lord, illuminate our minds, he said, please, Lord, eliminate my mind while I try to preach this morning. So that's my prayer that you'll uh, pray for me. It's been a struggle this week, and uh, yet uh, we praise the Lord for the opportunity just to be here. I'm sure you heard about the car mechanic uh, that got hooked on drinking brake fluid. And they asked him why he done that, and he said, I can stop anytime I want to. You figure them out. I just read them. <clears throat> Scotty and I have been preaching through these parables, uh, and we've heard about all that the Lord has foretold and what has happened in these 21st centuries of life that we've been able to enjoy. And I'm going to be dealing with Matthew chapter number 13, verses 44 through 46, uh, there are about 40 different parables that are found in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There are no parables found in the Gospel of John. I think we're given some wonderful secrets from the Lord Jesus, uh, uh, which tells us about the things uh, that we would not have known in history had, we not, had He not given us these parables. Uh, on the kingdom of heaven. And how that these things are actually working even in our present day. Let me read verses 44, 45, and 46 of Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. At which when a man hath found, he hides it. And for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has, and buys a field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, uh, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Pray with me. Father, we're grateful for this day. Thank you for all the songs that we've heard this morning that give praise unto your name. Now, Lord, I pray as we try to bring forth thy word, I pray that it will give glory to your name. And for that person who's here today struggling with life itself, I pray somehow or another, Lord, that they'll make things right with God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. What is the purpose of these parables that we have? I think Scotty made mention the other day about what these parables were. And uh, I just jotted down some things. Um, um, the parables were given to conceal truth. Uh, Jesus gave them uh, to keep his enemies from understanding them. And if you look back, I don't know if I put this down, guys. Uh, uh, like I said, it's been a struggle this week. But in, back in the 13th verse, uh, I believe it is, of uh, Matthew chapter number 13, and uh, the pages stick into the Bible, and I'm nervous, and I can't get them to, to work. Uh, 
But you can turn back there and you can read what it says concerning how he has concealed these truths from the enemies. Keep them from understanding them. And then second of all, the parable was given to reveal the truth. The earthly stories with heavenly meaning. And you'll note back there in chapter number 1 of the 13th chapter, it says... The same day Jesus spoke parables, uh, this was about one year before his crucifixion. And so he was given these parables to reveal the truth, uh, given to them earthly stories with heavenly meanings unto them. And then three there, you'll notice that he gave parables to embalm truth. Uh, And by that I simply mean this, so that you would never forget the truth uh, that these parables were teaching. For instance, for example, if I were to say to you today, uh, do you know the story of the Good Samaritan? You usually don't have to turn in your Bible to to remember the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, how that uh, the feller helped him and how he carried him and put him on his animal and took him to uh, an inn and and paid for him to stay there. And then you don't have to, if I mention the prodigal son, most most of you have an idea about the story of the prodigal son, how that he desired all that uh, his father gave unto him, how he went out and wasted all that in riotous living, uh, and soon came to himself as he found himself in a, in a hog pen and desiring to eat the husks that the uh, pigs were eating. And there's a great story in that. Uh, and then not only that, but parables were given to, to fulfill prophecy. In Matthew 13, 35, it said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So the kingdom of God was discovered uh, accidentally, you might say, by some people, uh, but other people discovered uh, the kingdom by diligently searching in the Word of God. Do you understand uh, that the kingdom uh, is full of truth and it's very important, uh, and these parables here today are for you, and uh, you should have an attitude toward these parables uh, and understanding the truth. It's, it's many times it's difficult to pursue the truth that is found in the Word of God. Now, I'm enjoying our, uh, our Sunday morning Sunday school. It's good to be back in Sunday school, and it's, it's good to be back and studying the, uh, the book of Romans. And we had a, we had a great study this morning, uh, and uh, Jim, he's done a great job studying, uh, but the audience out there, they did a great job uh, uh, talking back and forth one to another. And I just sat there, uh, I was amazed at what everybody knew. So I just sat back, and it was, it was looking at me. I didn't want to say a thing. I just going to let them uh, work things out. Uh, so many people in the in the world don't know the truth, and we kind of discussed uh, we discussed that. Uh, and the reason that they don't know truth is simply uh, they're not seekers of the truth. Uh, how often do you open your Bible? How often do you diligently study the Word of God, uh, looking for that? Gold 
golden nugget that's found there that you've never seen it before. I've read this Bible time and time again over the 49 years of ministry uh, that I've been involved in, been saved a whole lot longer than that. And I'm surprised sometimes in reading the scriptures uh, that something that I've read time and time again, but yet that scripture will just jump out at you and tell you a wonderful story. <clears throat> now, as I was reading about what others said about the parable, I was very disturbed about how some people interpret this. Uh, I read a couple of people that believe that the treasure and the pearl uh, uh, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you'll seek him diligently, and when you find him... Uh, uh, if you will sell all that you have uh, and go and purchase him, then you can have eternal life. Uh, now, I looked at that and I scratched my head and I said, if I had to buy my salvation and all that God has told me in the Word of God that I can have, uh, how much money would I have to have in order to purchase uh, a new heaven, a new earth, a new body, uh, glorified like and under the Son of God? There's no amount of money. So, the pearl and the treasure is not Jesus. Uh, it's Jesus who's the merchant man who's looking for them. And so, there's no way, there's no way that this morning uh, that you and I can really qualify on the thing through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus was the one that did the sowing that Scotty preached about. A couple of weeks ago. He's the one who scattered the children of the kingdom throughout the entire world. God knew where he needed us. That's the reason that I'm here in Union County. Uh, that's the reason that you're here in Union County. You had no idea. How many, how many here today raise your hand and say, I was not raised in Union County? How many? All right. See there? There's a bunch of people here you wasn't raised here. And I want you to know, I didn't want to come here. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't want to come here. But after I got here, I believe I'll stay. <laughs> you know. But anyhow, the treasure in the field is the nation of Israel. Many people believe that the church, uh, the na uh, church took the place of the nation of Israel, but that's not so. And I can't wait about two years from now when we get in the 11th chapter of the book of Romans. <laughs> and you discover the blindness of the nation of Israel. And you find in the 11th chapter how that the Gentiles were grafted in uh, to the wild olive branch uh, that... Uh, uh, Israel had been cut off from. Never forget this. God made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12. And in that covenant, one thing that, that sticks out to me, and that is this, God uh, gave unto them a certain amount of land he said unto Abraham, all the land that you walk over, uh, you can have. Uh, 
And if you look at the nation of Israel today, they only have about one-tenth of everything that God has promised in the Word of God. I don't care what the United Nations says or anybody else says out there. God says they can have it. One day they're going to get into it, and one day they're going to enjoy it again. Amen. Amen. The pearl is a perfect picture of the church. Because it's one in unity. I sat there the other day and I said, scratch my head. I said, why didn't he get a diamond? Or why didn't he get a ruby or a sapphire or something like that uh, to represent the church? Well, the pearl is the only jewel out there that doesn't have to be cut. It's produced in an oyster, now, I'm going to title my message that Jesus paid it all. I wanted to preach on the upset oyster. <laughs> but I didn't. So it's a perfect picture of the church. Uh, um, the, it's, the only, it's, it's the only jewel that's created from living matter. Uh, how the pearl was wrought uh, is produced from an oyster, uh, from something that has caused it uh, an irritation, like a grain of sand. He gets in the side of that oyster and it grows, it, it produces a pearl that grows out of something that is hurting it. Now, somebody said, why didn't uh, the oyster just take its hand and brush it out of the shell? Well, I don't believe they have hands. Y'all who eat them things, you ever swallowed a hand? <laughs> Listen, you better have fun going through this life. Might as well enjoy it. Uh. So it was, it was wrong. The uh, uh, only thing it could do was build something around that which irritated it. And that's what it began to do. That's something that it produces is a word, nacra. And it's a mother of pearl, is what I am told. And uh, I don't know if this interests you or not, but do you realize the little oyster has to be about three years old before it can produce a pearl? And then to produce a perfect pearl, it takes three years. How long do you think it took Jesus to get the church going? It took about three years, didn't it? He finally got all those disciples straightened out, or he thought he did. And finally, the church is going to get, going to get started. Um. Remember Matthew 16, 18. What does it say there? I will build my pearl. Is that what it says? But that's what it means. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so around here at Harmony Grove now for some time, we have been witnessing the application of NACRA 
the application of the Holy Spirit of God upon people's lives who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And so, uh, in order to in order that to, for that to be accomplished, Jesus had to pay it all. He had to give all that he had on the cross of Calvary in order that you and I might become a, a part of the body of Christ uh, and that we might be born again and that when this life is over with, uh, you and I can be absent from this body and we can be in the presence of our wonderful Lord. The cross. God's answer to the hurt that we caused. Think about, think about this. The oyster's answer to that which wounded it is found in Isaiah 53 and 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed if you only see physical healing there, you better read it again. The pearl owes its willingness to the, to the oyster that was trying to solve a problem that irritated it. I wish I could produce something like that when things, when things irritate me. I'd be a whole lot better off. Thank God for Calvary. Calvary covers it all. God's, God's answer to all the sin of all mankind. Layer after layer of God's love dripped down from Calvary to pay the price that you and I Owed that we could not pay. You ever read in uh, Revelation chapter number 21 where it says about the new city, the new Jerusalem? I just saw this the other day. I was sitting in my study and I, some, somehow I was reading in the book of Revelation. But in the book of Revelation chapter number 21, it talks about the new Jerusalem that has 12 gates. Do you know what they're made of? Every gate is made of one pearl. I'm a country boy. I said, if a gate's, every gate's made of one pearl, can you imagine the size of that oyster? <laughs> Do you realize one guy found one? He was out fishing, and his anchor caught on some kind of a shell, and he pulled that thing in, and that thing weighed 54 pounds. How would you ladies like that hanging around your neck? <laughs> or an earring. You'd, you'd walk around with your, yeah, see, there you're already practicing. <laughs> What is that going to remind us of? When you walk through into the New Jerusalem and you walk through one of those gates, and there's 12 of them, 
Those pearls are going to remind us every time we walk into that city the price that was paid for us for us to get there. How the pearl was sought. It said the merchant man was seeking. Just as Jesus seeks the lost. I wasn't looking for him, but he was looking for me. And so how does he do this? How does he, how does he seek us? He, well, he seeks us through the scriptures, the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. No one is saved apart from the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God through the word. I remember many, many years ago, I was down in um, just outside of Atlanta, Norcross. And I was preaching in this church. Uh, and this guy comes up to me and he says, uh, do you remember me? And I said, no, sir, I, I don't remember you. He said, well, you should. said, uh, you saved me here about three years ago. I said, I did. He said, yeah. I said, you's preaching here. And said, you saved me. And then the pastor of the church began to tell me what this fella done, how he'd run off with his stepdaughter and how he'd been out gallivanting around. And he said, you saved me. I said, I must have. Because if God saved you, you wouldn't have done what you've just done. I can't save nobody. I don't know a preacher on the face of the earth that can save anybody. But he seeks through the scriptures, through the word of God. He seeks through the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit has three functions. He calls, he convicts, and he convinces us uh, that uh, we need to be saved. So the Holy Spirit arranges the circumstances uh, where you can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. 1965, God arranged this. I just got married in 64, latter part, December. And, and, and uh, my wife said, we're going to go to church. I said, okay. Where does most young people sit about y'all's age? Usually you don't sit on the front, do you? You sit on the back. She took me in that church and set me on the third and fourth pew from the front. And God arranged for me to get saved. When you're in love, you'll do a lot of things. <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit that night convicted my heart. I'd been convicted three times prior to the conviction of that night. I know this crowd goes around and says that uh, you can't uh, refuse the Holy Spirit of God, uh, but you can refuse the Holy Spirit of God. I did third, three times, I know, and this was my fourth time, and it felt like the Holy Spirit was saying unto me, this is it. And so that night, I never prayed before in my life. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to do. I just watched other people when they, when, when they get, get in a situation like that, they go to the altar. I went to the altar, and I began to try to pray and ask God to forgive a sinner like me. You say, what did he do? I asked him to forgive, and he did. It's kind of like a little boy went down, and they said, son, said, uh, did you get saved? He said, uh, yes, sir. He said, what did you ask the Lord? He says, I asked him to save. He said, well, what did he say? He said, okie dokie. 
So that night I asked him to save, and he said, okie dokie. He seeks through the saints of God. Every year about a certain time of the year, we have what is known as the Gideons. Are you all familiar with them? I've been giving to the Gideons now for a long, long time. Gideons buys Bibles with your money. And they take and they put those Bibles in different places. And I don't know what the story I've heard over the years of different people that goes into a hotel or a motel room fixing to take their life. And they notice a Gideon Bible and they turn and they read in the Gideon Bible. Now, they've never read in the Bible before, but they turn and they read in a Gideon Bible. And somehow or another, the Holy Spirit of God that James was talking about uh, there in our class, the Holy Spirit of God begins to witness to that person and brings conviction to their life. And they tell their stories how that they were fixing to take their life, but how the Lord Jesus Christ convicted them. And that night, they're in that motel room, not in a church service, but there beside their bed. They accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Had a fellow one time named Billy Kelly. You had to know this guy. He said he'd been under conviction for about a month. And he said, I was going down and says, I was working out a cornfield. Now, maybe you don't know what you do when you plow out a cornfield or hoe out a cornfield. And he said, down there in that says, I got saved down there. And he says, I tore up about an acre of corn. <laughs> I didn't do that when I got saved. And the devil used that on me about salvation. I know another guy got saved that night, and I thought he was going to kill everybody in the church. He run all over, all over the church. He's hugging everybody. He was shouting. He was running and all this kind of stuff. And, and I was too scared to move. And the devil said, you didn't get saved. You just didn't get saved. If you got saved, you'd have run. You'd have jumped. You'd have shouted. Only thing is... A year later, I was still in church. That guy's gone. He back out in the world. So he seeks through us, through soul winners. He uses human vessels to bring con to to speak to people that conviction might come to their life. Uh, last of all, how this how the pearl was bought. You're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But it's a gift from God. Uh, in Ephesians chapter number 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, now, what is that? What is that? Brooke, you're in the real estate business. You get ready to sell a piece of land. Somebody wants to buy that. What, what do they got to do? They got to put down some earnest money. All right. The Holy Spirit tells you right here, which is the earnest of our inheritance. You get that? For how long? Until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. 
So inside of me is the earnest money that guarantees me that God's got to let me in. He's got to let me in. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that, that you through his poverty might be rich. I'm not, I'm not a millionaire yet. I'm not even a... What's a what's hundred thousand? That's a lot, ain't it? First Corinthians six and two. For you're bought with a price. Therefore, now listen to this. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's what we come to church for. We come to we call it worship. But he says here, you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In the 32nd chapter of the book of Isaiah, and I'm not going to take time to even read that, but there's some language there that speaks of a restored earth. Talks about a time when a lion shall lay down with a lamb. Talks about a time when the cow and the bear shall feed on straw, and a little child shall be able to lead them. A time when a sword shall be beaten uh, into a plowshare, and a spear into a pruning hook. Uh, and it says, and we'll live in peace and in harmony, each one under his own fig tree. Just come see me at my fig tree. <laughs> now I realize some people don't believe that, but it's in the Word of God. And I'm thankful that it is. I'm thankful it is. The pearl was bought with the sacrifice of the shedding of blood of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. For the sins of all mankind. Are you saved? Do you, do you give a, 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 a praise of gratitude unto him for what he's done for you? What a joy it is this morning to stand here. I, don't, I, I know I'm not much. But one thing I do know. I know that I'm saved. And I know one day I'm going to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. What about you? Let's pray together as they come. Father, thank you this morning for your love, your grace. How that you planned and provided for me to come to know you in the free pardon of sin. Thank you for helping us see who we were and how that you were working things out for us. Thank you for giving us meaning in life. Thank you for the love that changed us from a wretched, low-down sinner to a child of God who's on their way to heaven. I may not look like a saint, but the Word of God says I am. Now, Lord, I pray that you speak to the hearts of thy people today. May your will be done in each of our lives. 
I don't know what they're struggling with, but just about everybody today is struggling in some area. Lord, help them to come. Help them to lay it all on the altar for the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand.